You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fine. Time for another podcast. It is not snowing today like it was last week when we did this. So uh, we'll cut that as a win. Right? That is a win. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about what to do with cash savings when interest rates are low. And uh, it's been a common common theme lately among clients. What, you know, what do we do with our contingency fund or the money we've set aside, you know, in the bank when, when rates are just so darn low? Yeah, we get lots of that. And it seems like rates have been low for a long, long time. And it's, it's interesting because we always say, well, you know, rates, they got to go up. They can't keep going down. And here we are and they keep going down. So, and so, you know, it probably, probably makes sense to talk for at least a few minutes about the relationship between interest rates in general, the federal reserve and the economy. And, uh, you know, because I think there's, I think there's some misperceptions out there, some misunderstandings about what drives interest rates. That relationship between inflation and what you're earning in the bank is important to keep in mind too. And historically, interest and inflation kind of move together. And my favorite example is, you know, and we both worked in banks early in our career, and there would be people that would come in in 2001, 2002, when interest rates were dropping quickly. And they would say things like, well, I remember when banks used to pay us, you know, money to keep their our money there. Right. And they were usually referring to like the early 80s. And, and you know, they would, they would remember that they were getting 10% on a CD, but they would forget that inflation was was 9% and uh, their mortgage and, was 16. <laughs> right, right, right. So these things are all relative. And if you, if you chart it out, the difference between inflation and interest rates on, on savings vehicles like certificates of deposit and bank deposits has always kind of stayed the same. You were maybe keeping 1%, 1.5% after inflation. But it never like when inflation, if the if your savings account was at six percent, you bet inflation was four and a half or five, right? Right, exactly. But that relationship kind of got broken back during the financial crisis when inflation dropped, but it didn't go to zero. But because the financial situation was so dire, the Federal Reserve lowered interest rates to near zero or effectively right. zero. And so all of a sudden. Instead of keeping, you know, a small amount after inflation, you're actually losing money to inflation. Right. And I think and the other thing they have to think of in this situation is risk. And we're going to talk a little bit more about risk later on. But if, you know, there's different types of risks. So putting money in a savings account or a CD, you might not think of as a risky proposition. And it's not from the terms of principle. But if inflation's 3% and you're only earning 0.01%, you're taking a loss in purchasing power. And, and so that can right. definitely right. have an impact on your long-term goals if you right. have a bunch of money in cash. Right. We used to, uh, we used to joke that uh, inflation was like cholesterol. It was the silent killer. Right. You know, like <laughs> no, you don't, you don't, you don't think about it or notice it on a day-to-day basis, the way people notice fluctuations in their portfolio value. But 
you know, inflation is always there. And uh, especially uh, when, in, when interest rates are as low as they are, it's, a, it's definitely a risk to, to your principal. For sure. Absolutely. But uh, to build on that, we, we've put together four basic things to consider as you're thinking about what to do with your cash in this environment. And the first one does relate to risk, more of the, uh, the traditional risk of principal and liquidity. You know, if something is yielding more than something else, there's some sort of risk involved. Right. Right. And it's, it's the, the amount something is expected to pay you really does tell you what the market expects of that. So if it's a stock that's dividend yield is higher than other stocks that seem similar, you can bet the, the market sees it as a little bit riskier. Same thing for bonds. And to a certain degree, the same thing with savings vehicles. Now, right. when we're talking savings accounts, we're usually not too concerned about risk to principal. But the, the other type of risk you need to consider with savings accounts is risk to liquidity. And so we're always trying to balance these things when people are talking about, hey, I'm not making enough on, on account XYZ. What do I do with it? Well, we need to balance how you approach that because really the only way to make more money is to take some kind of risk. To that point, I think, you know, the flip side of that is, and where people get lost a lot is you don't always have to make money on certain things. It's okay to have a savings account that's not earning a whole lot if you need it liquid. There's much more important things than the amount of money that you're making on your safe, conservative investments that you might need to use in the near future. We preach all the time that you need to have a contingency fund, you need emergency funds set aside, and you need that money to be safe so that you can grab it whenever you need it. And you don't need to worry about whether the market is fluctuating on that. And you don't need to worry about what the interest rate really is on it. Right. And I think a lot of times, too, people get trapped in this interest rate conversation where they're driving all over town, spending all this time trying to, you know, chase a yield. And they end up spending more gas driving around town in terms of the cost to go get a point percentage point higher that ends up making them not as much as it cost them the gas it took to drive around town. Always consider that if you're going to make more, you're taking some kind of risk. Now, we're not necessarily talking about a, a small difference between one bank and another on interest rates. But, you know, if something is paying you significantly more than something else, you know, where it would be worth it to drive to, to pay for the gas, there's going to be some catch there, some reason usually. You see a drastic difference in yield. You need to stop and say, hey, wait a minute, something doesn't seem right here. Because if it sounds right. too good to be true, it probably is. And what that means is right. you're probably taking on risk that you didn't realize. Right, right. And, and so we're either, either it's risk to your principal or it's risk to liquidity. And sometimes, so when we talk about liquidity, that's, that's simply the ability to take that money back and spend it whenever you want. Right. And it's quite common in savings account, you know, speaking generically in cash savings, bank environment stuff to give up some liquidity. Uh, Usually they're, you know, we're talking about certificates of deposit where you're telling the bank, hey, I'm going to keep that money there for one year, two years, three years, sometimes even longer. And they will pay you a higher rate usually than a regular savings account because you're you're basically promising to leave that money there for a while. Right. And and that can be that can be fine as long as 
you're matching those maturities to when you're going to need that money. You know, your contingency fund, you need to be able to grab, but, you know, a construction project that's 18 months away, you know, that right. might be a... And, and probably in all realists, in, in all reality, probably a combination, right? So have mm-hmm. some that's liquid and available, but if you, you know, half of that money maybe might be able to go into a certificate of deposit of some sort. Right, right. Because, you you know, if when it's emergency fund money, we don't have any idea when the emergency is going to come. So we have to be able to yeah. plan for some of that. Another, you know, liquidity risk risk might be too strong a word but another another liquidity concern you know sometimes you can get a higher yield savings account simply by having a high balance in that account and uh you know in this environment if you're if you're holding a significant amount of cash that can be a good way to at least get a little bit more absolutely um, and usually your only risk then is if you go below that balance it just reverts to a regular savings rate Right. No, just make sure you're keeping an eye on what the details of that are, because a lot of times Mm -hmm. if you fall below that balance, there might be fees or other things. And so, right. Just making sure you understand that um, relationship so that you're prepared to make changes. If you're, if you drop below that high balance or whatever it happens to be. You know, another option that we hear bandied about in times like this are uh, fixed annuities because there isn't generally risk to your principal. They, they kind of look and behave like a, like a savings account where they're paying you a stated interest rate. And, and they can work, but what you need to be cognizant of is all of the different, uh, different parts of those contracts. Those are essentially contracts with an insurance company. And first and foremost is the surrender period, which usually is going to be longer than what you're looking for for a certificate of deposit. Longer surrender periods, higher penalties for taking money out. Mm -hmm. And overall, just being careful with those because you're definitely going to, you know, when you think of a fixed annuity, if you've ever purchased one, um, they come with a pretty thick contract, unlike a savings account or a CD. And the reason it comes with a thick contract is there's a lot of variables that go into those in terms of what the fees might be, what the penalties might be. And you really have to understand that beforehand when you're entering into a contract like that. Right. If it has a thick contract, that means there's a lot of complexity to that and making sure you understand it before you make a, a decision to go with something like a fixed annuity is really important. Just you know, be be aware of all those those ins and outs. Well, and the other thing too, not to harp on fixed annuities because you know they they definitely serve a place, but you're also more than likely paying a commission to somebody to sell that to you, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But you have to understand that they're incentivized to get you to move from your CD to a fixed annuity. And so making sure you understand that relationship will really help you make sure that you're making the best decision for you. We could do a, we could do a two hour podcast just on all the different things to think about with annuities, but uh, just, just be aware of what you're getting into. Absolutely. That seems appropriate. So then the, the third consideration with savings accounts in this kind of environment is just be be real careful taking any principal risk with money that's meant to be short term. Absolutely. And you know, short term savings needs to be safe and the old cliche of it's it's about return of capital not return on capital. 
Right. You know, you don't need to be opening up a Robinhood account and buying stocks with your emergency fund money. Um, You know, you're much better off keeping it in a short term account. Even if you're not making money, there's much worse things than not making very much interest on your short term funds, like losing them and not having them available should you need them. And so being okay not making money on a short term account um, is something that you really have to pay attention to. Now, we, we generally don't have to worry too much about bank deposit accounts being safe. You know, most banks and credit unions are covered by insurance through the federal government. You can ask them and talk to them about what the limits are because it depends on how things are titled and, and how much money you have in aggregate there. But you can actually, you know, have money at different banks to make sure you're completely covered. There's things you can do. Really, what we're talking about is price fluctuations. Don't don't move your savings into anything that that really varies in price if that's meant to be short term. Right. And you know, we, there's a fancy word that we, that you'll hear investment folks bandy about that's uh, correlation. And correlation is when things happen separate separate things happen together. And when we talk about correlation in in this sense, you know, needing your contingency fund might very well correlate with a really bad time in the market. Because if you think about what might cause that, you know, sure, there's, there's the things like your washing machine breaks down that has no link to the market. But what if it was because you were laid off temporarily, you know, that's likely to be in the midst of an economic downturn, which is going to be right exactly when the stock market is not a place to be pulling money out of. Right. Murphy's law, right? What can go wrong will go wrong. Right. And so we can lose sight of that pretty careful, pretty, pretty quick. If we're not careful that, you know, the same time that you're going to need those funds might be the absolute worst time in the stock market to, to have them there. So um, that's really what we're talking about there is just be careful, do your homework first, cover your bases um, and know, know how much you can afford to invest. So then the fourth consideration though, is kind of the flip side of that is, you know, if you are holding more in bank savings than you need for contingencies or for spending, you know, in the next two years, three years, you know, then long-term investing works and makes sense if you can if you can cover the the short-term stuff first. Absolutely. And I think the main thing here in terms of utilizing money that you have in contingency or an emergency fund is have a plan for it, right? So know what you should have in cash that you're A, comfortable with, and B, makes sense from a financial standpoint. And that usually is somewhere around three to six months of expenses, can be more if you want to be more conservative, Mm -hmm. but know what that amount is. And then once you get over that amount, you know, let's say you're, you're supposed to, you should have $50,000 in a savings account to cover expenses and you're up to 60. Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe once you get up to that point of a certain amount over that, then you start talking with your financial planner on how to utilize that money that you've gone over what you really need to have in cash. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was looking at a chart earlier that I think illustrates this pretty well. And essentially, if you were to put $100,000 in a, in a savings account in 1996, so 25 years ago, and hold it till now, you'd have, you'd have accumulated a pretty good amount of interest over that time. Because remember, back in the 90s, interest rates were quite a bit higher. But you, right. you'd, you'd have about $168,000 to show for your $100,000 in savings. 
at the same time, if you had taken $100,000 and invested it in the Standard & Poor's 500, so the 500 largest stocks in the American economy, you would have 900000 918000 wow. to show for that. And that's through some good markets in the late 90s, but also two absolutely brutal bear markets and um, the coronavirus, I guess we'll call it a bear market. It was it was short lived, but uh, you know. So taking all of that into account, you would still be eight times ahead over over twenty five years by investing that money. But you would add all those ups and downs and all of that angst if that was short term money about whether you needed to take it out or not. Right, sure, and and your result is a lot different if you have to take a chunk out. Um, of that investment too. So, you know, but it's two-sided. Yes, if you have extra money that you can put towards it over and above what you have in emergency, it makes a ton of sense. If you don't, Murphy's Law again comes into play and potentially you could be worse off than where you were um, and and likely to be worse off than where you were if you would have just put it and kept it in savings. And so... You know, those are the those are the four main considerations on savings account. And I guess the fifth would be, you know, sit down with a financial planner, right? And figure Absolutely. out how much you can how much how much you can push into the markets, how much you can keep in savings, structure those, you know, to match what you need and you should be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes without saying in terms of, again, having a plan and working with a professional that can help you figure out what those numbers are and what makes sense for you in your personal situation, because everybody's going to be different with that. You know, everybody's going to be different in terms of what kind of risk they're willing to take and how much cash they feel comfortable with and also what their goals are and what they're trying to achieve. And so working with a professional will really help you narrow down exactly what that is. So you have a plan for you know, both sides of the coin in terms of what should go into the market and what you should keep safe and secure and liquid. I hope this, uh, I hope this helps. And uh, yeah, unfortunately we can't make interest rates go up, but you know, <laughs> we, we can definitely help you determine and make sure you're on the right path. And, and, you know, right. I, what I would say is don't sweat the lower interest rates. That money is yeah. there for a purpose. And yep. not losing money a lot of times is a whole lot better than gaining and potentially risking principal when you're when you're planning for short term expenses and emergencies that might come up. Yep, I think that's uh, that's a good place to uh, draw the line. And uh, yeah, another good for your help. Yeah, it's been great. Another good topic. Definitely important stuff. And definitely reach out if you have questions or if there are certain topics that you want to hear about, we'd love to hear them. Email at us at info at srbadvisors.com and we will um, be back soon. Thanks. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.